I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Hafsa and welcome to the Mind Pretty Soul podcast where I get to talk about that which gives you peace of mind. Keeps you looking pretty and the things that make your soul sing with incredible women that inspire me. There we have it, we're finally coming to the end of the disaster that was 2020. We've endured a second lockdown and I've been handling it somewhat okay. With the long nights and cold weather, there have been some tough moments, but I've been really careful about having a solid routine for my day, plenty of exercise, long walks and taking advantage of being able to see one person outside. On to beauty. At the time of me recording, the UK is currently in its second lockdown. Before the lockdown, however, I began to dip my toes into regular treatments. I was able to get my nails done. And a mere two days before the lockdown, I went for a Thai massage at the Thai Square Spa in Trafalgar Square, which Pfizer Sheikh, my first guest and founder of mental health app Happier You, booked for me as an early birthday treat. The Thai massage that I had was nothing short of miraculous. Honestly, I was able to just walk around without any shoulder pain. I just felt limber and really flexible and everything. And the therapist gave me the best compliment. And she was like, I love massaging you. You are so flexible. It's great. Anyway, finally, on to soul. When you hear this, I'd have already turned 29. I'm not one for the pressures of turning 30. In fact, I'm actually excited to turn 30. They say that life begins in your 30s, so I'm actually looking forward to what my 30s will bring me. With that said, I do want to end my 20s with a bang, so I've embarked on a journey where I'll be doing something each month that's new until my 30th birthday. I won't reveal those things just yet as I feel they're quite personal at the moment, but I am excited to see what's in store. Today's guest, Nirvana Safa, my best friend, will also be embarking on this journey with me. Nirvana, what is your favourite memory of me, actually? It has to be very, um, it has to be quite PG, by the way. 
Oh my God. In that case, screw it. In the episode, we talk about her work as a qualified herbalist. We also talk about women's sexual health and reproductive health. Most women do have vaginal health problems that they are unaware of and they're too embarrassed to go to the GP. And we also talk about our own baby, Dish Your Herbs. 2020 at least brought us that. What we wanted basically was to show people that we can merge functional medicine, medicinal plants, medicinal herbs with everyday cooking so that people can kind of have this approach where I don't have to take multiple pills and tinctures throughout my day just to be healthy. On our page on Instagram, Dish Your Herbs, expect to see lemon balm gnocchi, medicinal mushroom pumpkin pies, adaptogenic lattes, and so much more. Happy listening. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, bestie. You're welcome. It's (laughs) interesting having you actually on the podcast because although I've loved my guests in the past, we have a very special relationship it's very different to my other guests in the sense that we are literally attached at the hip for those listening some of the questions that I asked Nirvana I already would know the answers anyway so questions that I do ask will be more for yourselves than for me so yeah the floor is yours Nirvana tell us about yourself so I'm a medical herbalist and I'm also a beauty therapist and I've only recently started saying the two together even though I normally associate myself just as a herbalist but I think it's really important for me to take in all my years of experience in the beauty world and all the stuff that led me into doing herbal medicine and all the gaps that I saw in the market and in the industry and all the things that didn't work with women's skin and internal stuff going on and hormones and acne and periods and menstrual stuff and all of that. So yeah, I specialise in women's health and hormones. That's what I'm currently kind of dabbling in but I I think that's going to evolve into other things in the future. I'd probably like to expand a bit more but right now I feel like this is my calling and what I'm really drawn to. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And I started a business before lockdown kicked in. Um, and it was called Vajacials, where I was doing vaginal facials, basically. But it was also a way to get women to come and unwind and really talk about their vaginal health problems and menstrual issues and hormonal stuff going on, all kind of combined together in a treatment, um, which would obviously lead to doing deeper work um, with blood tests and really get, get into the core of yeah these vaginal issues but with a nice way to kind of ease into it with like a relaxing facial but on your vagina (laughs) yeah it's really bizarre the concept but actually when I did my treatments it was really lovely to have these women really open up about what's really going on and I, I love that I love that I can do that and you know really combine the beauty role with the herbal medicine stuff What's interesting to me as well is it's something that isn't widely available in your salon, your usual salon. You know, when you go to a salon, you just get a regular wax. Why isn't there like a sufficient aftercare when it comes to vajayshals or sorry, um, a wax? And I love that you take care of them holistically. So you're also trained in waxing and things like that as well. So what you're doing after that is ultimately helping to take care of the skin. So Women, we're prone to ingrowns, we're prone to hyperpigmentation, dry skin, scarring. scarring. I guess that's where the concept kind of came into it because I was doing that when I was running a business with my mum in a clinic anyway. And the more I was doing these like waxes and, you know, when I I first started in my early 20s, these women would really open up about, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like I have this going on and I've got thrush, but I'm not sure what it is. And um, I've got this and I've got that. And I thought like, okay, We really need to go deeper with this and find out the root cause of why these women are coming back with the same reoccurring problem. So even though it's nice to have a wax and some aftercare, 
but it was kind of a way to break the stigma around talking about vaginal health and yeah. coming them coming in and relaxing and having a vajayshaw and then explaining you know most most women do have vaginal health problems that they are unaware of or they don't know how to kind of detect what it is um, for themselves and they're too embarrassed to go to a GP so it was nice to kind of create that space for them and most of the time women do open up and say actually I've got bacterial vaginosis I've had it for years on and off and then it's a great opportunity to look at okay well where's this coming from let's work on it using the herbs and the naturopathic way and then from that you wouldn't believe it but there's other things that come up yeah the body is a system and everything is linked together so I always try and look for the root cause of everything and quite often it can be led to lots of gut health problems and imbalances of gut flora that then is linked to the, the microbiome of the vagina and so forth. So it's really fascinating. It's so much above just a, a vagina facial. It, it, that's just, an, I guess I wanted to just create a safe space where women could just come and yeah. relax and open up. But yeah, ultimately it's more about really deep healing deep healing I love that I love that you're also not isolating it from aesthetic either that okay as women we want our bikini area to look the best but you mentioned like bacteria vaginosis for example other vaginal health problems is there a connection between this and our wider health is there like what's the the connection between our vaginal health and any other health complications that we might encounter in our lives? Well, there's quite a few factors to that. So immune system is definitely key. If we have poor immunity, we're more prone to have flare-ups. So let's say somebody that has herpes, as an example, on their genitals. It's a virus, it's in your blood, it's in your system. But some people could go a lifetime and only have one flare-up because they have a very good immune system. Yeah. Um, or they then work on their immune system after flare-up and they keep it maintained. Some people have a poor immune system and they have flare-ups all the time. So, you know, that's one way to look at it. Another way would be, for example, with bacterial vaginosis or thrush, it's really to do with the microbiome of the gut. When we take antibiotic, which quite often happens when you have any of these conditions, the doctor will give you antibiotics which then wipes out all your good bacteria as well as your bad which then leads you to having thrush and unfortunately because we are not educated in this enough in schools we think we're dirty so we then clean even more all sorts of like shampoos soap um you know body washes up that area which then takes more of our good bacteria away and continues the problem so it's just the lack of education behind it um really but that's something that I look at quite a lot is the connection to gut health. And then there are other problems with like menstrual cycles and the hormone system. And as you know, we've me and you talk about this a lot, but a lot of the beauty products we use have a lot of chemicals in them yeah. and they are endocrine disrupting chemicals and they actually mimic our hormones yeah. and can absolutely create imbalances which then affect our menstrual cycle and many other things. You know it blows my mind because I was recently reading up about fragrance and how fragrances contain um, endocrine disruptors and they basically create somewhat of an imbalance in your hormones. What can I do? And I love fragrance like you know me. I know. I have you are the perfect <laughs> queen. <laughs> Literally I have like a whole like tray of them then mm-hmm. my tray is too small for the fragrances that I have so they're sprawling across my dresser then I have more like all over the house and I want to buy more and more and more and I've worked for a fragrance brand before I'm a proper fragrance junkie and then on top of that I'm not just wearing fragrance I'm also wearing deodorant although I did try to do like a natural deodorant thing a few years ago like using the crystal rock I use foundation concealer powder 
mascara, the face wash that I all of these things. Check this out though. Where do you even put your where we put our perfume is mad. Like we spray on our neck, which is right next to our glands. It's next to the thyroid gland, which you know, like yeah. you know, everything we put on our skin gets absorbed into our bloodstream. So there's no escaping it. You're breathing it in and there's loads of heavy metals in these that obviously attached to like certain organs and cause problems and blah 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 you know it's where like we sweat the most the so that we points. can actually yeah. smell the fragrant even more so yeah. it's quite messed up in a in a sense where like you know the majority are still not to like obviously be offensive to you but it's just <laughs> you're doing it and it's yeah. it's a shame that we're not really educated about it but saying that mm. you know i've worked in well i worked in liberty for years and i like it was an amazing experience for me because I actually learned a lot about um, different brands and there were some amazing brands that actually did natural perfume, yeah. and use natural essential oils and it is available at a much higher cost, like price. Yeah. But we have to be mindful of investing it. our money. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of the beauty industry, actually. So yeah, you've worked in the beauty industry. You are like trained. You've got experience, like you said, in Liberty for years. You've worked with great beauty worked, brands. Yeah. So tell me about that. I loved working in Liberty just because if you've ever been to Liberty, I love it's it. such a gorgeous um It's so store. different to the other department stores in London yeah. as well. Like my favourite to be fair is Selfridges, but I Liberty That's definitely comes worst. really yeah. Selfridges is my favourite. Liberty comes at a very close second. I love how unique and niche Liberty is. Like the fabrics, for example, mm. you won't be able to find elsewhere. The brands are so I mean, niche I as hate well. Working in retail. But when I did have my like that was my retail job. Yeah. And I loved it because I was quite privileged to work in an amazing team where there was like three of us and we like we were therapists and we were doing sales at the same time. So it was amazing that I could do both. Yeah. And obviously like the atmosphere in Liberty is just something else compared to any other retail place I've ever been to. Yeah, I've heard it's a very different retail environment. The teams are really amazing. cool. They get on with each other. Yeah, and stuff. we do. I'm still really like I found some of my best friends. Yeah. It led me to where I am today, like all my experience at Liberty as, you know, a therapist and working for a big holistic brand back then unfortunately these women were spending a ton loads of money but still had the same underlying issues mm. um so it's it's just interesting to me i kind of want to fill in all the gaps in the market where things are missing and that's where i think i can really come forward with my herbs and the naturopathic knowledge behind it and then when it comes to naturopathic knowledge and then also marrying that with your beauty industry experience you've obviously created something like vajayshals which is amazing oh. i mean i personally know what you went through but <laughs> still i'm sure there are certain things that i might not even know about your journey because i remember when you were in beauty school and then i remember when you were in school to do this as well mm -hmm. like it took you a while to get there and then now look at you, you're killing it thanks babe i i mean some crazy shit happened to me i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> It's, it was a combination of lots of different things that all kind of happened at the same time. So I was working in the in the business with my mum and I was studying beauty at the time. And I was like quite depressed and I really wanted to find some kind of deeper meaning. And I came across something called ayahuasca. And I did ayahuasca and like shamanic medicine. I'm, you know, Hafsa, I'm, I'm quite spiritual. And yeah. I always have been. And I come from that as a family. Like, my great-grandma was a herbalist. My great-great-grandma, 
who actually I met when I was a kid and like, you know, I spent a couple of years of my life with her before she passed at 113. So that kind of stuff has always been in my life. You've had like a real solid foundation. Yeah, and I kind of forgot about it for a long time. And then when this shamanic stuff started showing up, I was really drawn to my spiritual self. And I kind of just followed that and I did ayahuasca and it wasn't facilitated. I can't say that word. Facilitated. The best way, I guess. Um, Even though it was for the legit shaman and blah, blah, blah. But I had psychosis yeah. after that and that was really shocking like I'd never suffered from mental health in my whole life and I was 22 I think it took six months to recover wow. from that and I did it without medication and like the journey I went through with that was mad and you know like I was still trying to be normal and I say normal what, what does that even mean I was just still trying to keep a regular routine in my life and work every now and then at my mum's place and she was really supportive and um I remember one day I just booked a flight to Vietnam and I was like I'm just gonna go screw it and I started to build a relationship with this psychosis anxiety disorder and it really started to, to speak to me and it was telling me I need to deal with the deeper trauma yeah and anyway to cut the story short one of my friends was with me on the island and he said when we go back to London why don't you go and see a herbalist to get treatment I was like what what's a herbalist gonna do for me but I listened and I, I went, didn't know this Nirvana you didn't know this no I mean, obviously I knew about your psychosis and what you went through yeah. I didn't know that's how you even yeah. came to get into being a herbalist yeah so I he was like let's go back I'll take you to him so I did and um he treated me but it was insane because we looked at every aspect and no one had ever given me that time before no GP no doctor no nothing we looked at like the psychosis that actually happened from the medicine from the ayahuasca we looked at my gut and we looked at my hormones we looked at the brain like my brain chemistry how it had actually affected me on that level we looked at every aspect which is what functional medicine is. And yeah. I fell in love with that. And I recovered really quickly. And yeah. I was absolutely fine. And I remember you did a really good job of recovering. I just remember seeing you at your lowest. I think we kind of crossed, our mental health kind of crossed paths it somehow did. around the same time. Your so, time yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why we're, we're like our relationship is even deeper than before. But no, like just seeing you get through that, like is so inspiring. Like, I mean, personally, for me, the idea of taking ayahuasca scares the hell out of me because I, I personally think that for me, if I was to take anything, it well, would trigger that in me. I actually went to face some stuff. I mean, I had a full intention. I really did like I did all my practices leading up to it. I respected the medicine. I did everything that I should have. It's just, that was just how my journey was meant to be for me. I have nothing against shamanic medicine. I've gone back to do it, to reverse some stuff that had happened. And like, it's, I think it's profound. It just has to be done very carefully. Like, I can't stress that enough. I never in a million years thought we'd be talking about Ayahuasca on the Mind Pretty Soul podcast, but here we are. It's so profound, the core principle behind it where it originates from the people that hold this medicine it's so sacred we can never do it justice from a conversation like it's so deep and it has to be respected like i can't stress that enough <laughs> but um I learned my lesson with it and it came to show me something. Yeah. Whatever it was, it's done now. But going back to like the beauty world, when I was healing, I really loved the herbs and I connected to it and it took me back to my childhood again. And I had to live my normal life again, going back to work. And that's when I had a bit of an awakening and I was seeing these women come in and they had deeper stuff going on. And I thought, right, if I do herbal medicine, I'm already a beauty therapist. I know enough. I've been in the industry for like 10 years. Um, I've been in the industry now for 10 years, but at the time I'd been in it long enough to put 
both my beauty knowledge and yeah. to go and study herbs together to really create something amazing. And it took me six years now wow. to become a medical herbalist yeah. in the end. It's, <laughs> a, it's it. a craft that takes a long time. I just yeah. remember you taking exams, doing your essays to and your assignments. Yeah, Clinic hours after clinic hours. Yeah. It was a crazy experience. And something that isn't really discussed is that I think when you do things like psychology or like and if maybe even if you're trying to be a doctor and you're studying for that or like herbal medicine, stuff comes up for you as well. Yeah, you know, I bet. You have to clear your space yeah. um, in order to learn and to be there for other people. So I remember a year out of my studies, I just I had the biggest breakdown <laughs> again because I had stuff coming up. People think healing is a very like straight line and it just has to happen. And no, we're so complex. It can happen at any time. Things can manifest at any time. And we need to give ourselves patience and the journey can look, you know, all sorts of ways. We just need to be really open-minded to our healing journey. So it's, it's taught me a hell of a lot. What I love and admire about the journey is that you haven't necessarily had like the most linear journey either. You've, like you said, you've worked as a beauty therapist, done retail, you work as a herbalist now. How did you navigate all of these different roles when you were kind of studying? Um, I think I'm just kind of going with my intuition and what feels right to do right now. And this is what I feel called to do. And that's why I've combined both together. But I think I can really see myself. I think this is just me scraping the start, like the surface. I, yeah. There's so much more. Like I have a vision and I have a plan to open up a naturopathic month. I can, this is another word I really should learn if I want to do it. Montessori. Montessori. Montessori something. However you pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, Montessori, my Montessori. My dream is to like create a naturopathic nursery and become a doula and work with mothers and kids and families. That's where I really want to go. But I know that's a little while away for now. Um, I think it's profound to work with kids and even deeper than that work with like mothers and fathers that are trying to conceive and getting their bodies mm. you know in check because that's the beginning and yeah. if we can go back to the beginning and have an amazing start to life yeah where we're not fed shit from you know GMOs and shit like that in school and we're not like real produced yeah, foods I want it to be accessible for most people I know these like private nurseries could be hell expensive. Like sometimes nurseries cost as much as someone's salary, for example. Hey, I like I want to dream big, and I think it's possible. Dream big, girl. <laughs> I think it's possible, hundred percent. Yeah. I love everyone in my life that is so supportive of my goals and my dreams because even though it feels really far fetched right now, but I know it's gonna happen. I mean, come on, like you were dreaming about becoming a herbalist for so long, and then now you're finally here. You've got clients, you've got patients, you know. And speaking of your patients, actually, how do you work with your patients? Are you, do you have like specific disciplines that you do? So I know that obviously you work within women's health and reproductive health and sexual health. Do you have an approach where you're like, I'm sticking to just that? Or do you have patients that come to you with a multitude of concerns? Um, what I love about working with women is most of them have kids. Yeah. And then we go on to their kids. And like recently I had a patient who came to me about quite a traumatic birth that she had and then I asked okay well if your birth was traumatic then could you tell me a little bit about your daughter's health because everything is connected and we found out that there's stuff going on with her daughter and you know I wanted to kind of support that and it's great because then I can work with the family and I love mm, that it's holistic you yeah know, it's, it's well-rounded way of approaching it, it. Is. so I I kind of tailor my treatment to the person. Some people are very science-based and they want to know like facts, results. I want to know my blood tests. I want to know where my hormones are at. And some people are very just like 
it's all very fluid. Mm. And, you know, just give me whatever. Let me just take it and get the result. Yeah. So it, you really have to be good at knowing your patient and really looking at what works for them and what suits their personality and their body type and their lifestyle is key. Some people have time, some people don't. Yeah. So you kind of just have to adapt your treatment plan to that. Is there a trend of concerns that they come to you for as well or is it that yes. they'll just come to you with anything and yeah like you said yeah so what is it that <laughs> most people are approaching you for um i go through like different phases it's really weird like i go i'll go for a phase where everybody comes for like roughly the same thing and then it'll yeah. change it's like is that seasonal or is I it i don't know it's just maybe whatever i'm attracting because i don't know um at the moment i've got a lot of hormonal acne mm. and um again it's great because we can work topically and internally yeah. which is amazing you've helped me with my acne oh yeah i've i've talked about it a lot on the podcast you've done as all well the hard work yourself by the way oh my god so i my acne was like full blown for about a year so it started over a year ago and i didn't have acne for years before that my skin was perfectly clear and then it just came back and i was like tinawana what the hell do i do my skin I'm waking up in the morning with severely inflamed skin I don't know what I'm doing and then you basically helped me to find herbs that really work for me and an approach and try to kind of reduce the stress that I was under you've as well you've been amazing because you've been patient and I think that's really important when you work with the hormone system because it takes time I mean herbal medicine takes time anyway but um it's obviously it's not like conventional medicine but um it does take time with the hormone system, but you've been consistent with it, which is great. Is yeah. there anything else that people are saying, Nirvana, I need you to help me? Yeah, a couple months ago, I had a lot of like thrush and bacteria vaginosis. But I would say overall, the common factor is definitely like adrenal issues. Yeah. Stress, adrenals, the body just starts to shut down and then the nervous system starts to deteriorate. And then before you know it, they're in fatigue mm. mode. I'm wondering... It's hard to say that it's one thing because it's never just one thing. It's, it's always everything. connected. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly enough, recently I was having a talk, uh, I was having a discussion with someone about it on Twitter and she was basically saying that women have been failed by modern medicine, right? And that with modern medicine, a lot of women have had concerns where basically modern medicine hasn't done the best job of treating things like endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility or hormonal I mean, acne. PCOS has been the worst that I've heard of. I was diagnosed over 10 years ago now. I think I was like 18 or something. And I was told there's nothing for you. All we can do is basically prescribe you the pill. So I tried the pill. My acne cleared up. I gained a ton of weight. I'd never been as big as I was back then before. And there was a huge change in my mood. I was like having mood swings. And then I looked at another pill and they were like, actually, we can't prescribe you this pill because basically the NHS in this borough has refused to prescribe this specific pill. It's called Yasmin. And that's because there's a high chance of people taking it. They basically develop blood clots in their lungs and their legs and sometimes even their brain. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. So I remember waiting ages to go and see a private endocrinologist. And the endocrinologist was like, all I can give you is either the pill or and metformin, which is, is for med for, which is for diabetes. And when I was talking to oh this God, girl on Twitter, she was like, I only recently learned that metformin is for diabetes but then also on top of that there are other things that are linked to it so where you're prescribing me things to re basically reduce the symptoms whether it's to balance my periods to regulate them to balance my hormones sorry to balance my um, acne to address the heritism which is facial hair for example you're only interested in addressing the top surface layer symptoms you're not really interested in basically getting right into the nitty-gritty of what's even causing my acne because nine times out of ten if you're able to address what even 
and cause the acne, that will go away anyway. And that's why I found that functional medicine helped me. It saved my health. From when I was diagnosed, I went to private gynecologist, endocrinologist. It's beyond me that this is the kind of stuff that they do. Um, I'm not against conventional medicine, by the way. Like, I think it could work really well with functional medicine. Yeah. But um, taking the pill, the way it's handed out so easily, it's crazy. Without sometimes doing full blood tests to see what levels the hormones are at anyway. And also, it actually shuts down your natural hormone system. And I just didn't have any good experiences with any hormonal form of contraception. I just did not. I could not. I can't go back there again. And it's not the best thing for me personally. I can't. Yeah, but the thing that we need to understand is that our natural hormone system is not just for the reproductives. It's a lot more than that. A lot more than that, yeah. yeah. We need it for other functions like hair growth, bone growth, you know, like our immunity. It's just for everything. Like, we, it's not just for sex. Yeah. Um, and the purpose of conceiving. It's so much more. Um, But yeah, the thing that was really like shock horror for me was I would have women crying to me saying that the doctors told me that I have PCOS and I can't have kids. And then I we would get them to a really good state like with their hormones and their insulin levels and they would like, you know, change their health and they would conceive and it was no problem. I've heard so many good stories like that. I remember when I was first diagnosed and I was told, yep, it's going to be very difficult for you to conceive. And I was in hysterics and my mum said, first of all, before you cry, have you even tried to conceive? You're too young to conceive in the first place. Like you're way too young to try and have a child. Have you tried? And I think she was trying to lift my spirits, but in a humorous way. And she was like, look, I don't want you crying. I don't want you in this state of mind of woe is me. I'm never going to be able to have children. She said, first of all, you've never tried to conceive. So you don't know until you try secondly even if you're never able to have children it just wasn't written for you if you didn't it's fine it's not the end of the world you're not any less of a woman you're not any less of a human being just because you cannot have children so in the meantime cross that bridge when you get there and even if you do get there which is very unlikely it's fine you're it's not the end of the world now that doesn't really bother me so much right now my immediate concerns are more the skin the irregular periods and things like that and i think women really have a hard time when it comes to traditional medicine or modern medicine rather because with modern medicine it's concerned with treating the top layer symptoms as opposed to getting to the nitty gritty what is causing acne what is causing irregular periods do you know how deep we could go with this let's go deep let's talk about something that i've seen in clinic i used to see women come in and let's just say as an example one would have eczema and i'd be like okay well let's look at like where it all started tell me when you were born how was you know your mom's birth with you and we kind of look a bit deeper and we realize oh shoot there was a really traumatic experience when example the parents split up when she was like three and it was really traumatic for the family that's when this person had her first flare-up of eczema oh wow so sometimes what we think is going on is a hell of a lot deeper than that and it's actually an emotional response because yeah. the body holds information the conscious and the unconscious mind stores things and trauma can get trapped in our tissues in our body and mm. it can manifest as pain it can become really aggravated and be a rash on the skin so i look at things on all sorts of ways and I look at the energetics of the problem as well so that was one example that I came across and then something else oh my god we I think we've spoken about this quite a few times but sometimes bacteria vaginosis and thrush yeah as much as we'd like to kind of look at the science behind how it comes from the microbiome or, or bacteria or whatever if you are in an unhappy relationship 
and you are getting treated like trash, your vagina will deny this man or this human being or this woman or whoever it is that you're sleeping with. Mm. It's like the body has its way of def- like a defensive mechanism and sometimes these things can flare up. The body is so fascinating to me for that reason. There's vaginismus as well when like oh, you yeah. get very painful like intercourse and it's sore and it almost feels like sandpaper um, down there and that sometimes you could be in a loving relationship but you might have had a sexual yeah i've heard it's very mental isn't it it's about addressing like you said if you've had sexual trauma it's about addressing that and then perhaps then it can be easier for you in, in relationships later yeah, totally. I mean, this is really intimate. I've never really, I don't think I've ever told anyone this or I've spoken about it, but I had an incident when I was a lot younger. And like when I first started being intimate with my ex-partner, who I was with for a long time, I, after any kind of intimacy, I'd always want to cry. And I didn't know why. I just felt really sad. Yeah. And sometimes I like after, I don't know, an orgasm or whatever I would literally want to like just burst into tears and I didn't understand why for a long time until I did a lot of this work and I realized oh shit like I need to go back and deal with what happened because there's obviously something still lingering in my psyche about it so yeah we just don't know what people are dealing with we don't know people's past we don't know what happened to the mother when she conceived we don't know what happened to the mother during her pregnancy with us or with with us with the person so we have to be really mindful and sensitive things don't exist in isolation that's what i always say you come from two parents who have entirely different upbringings different histories different people in like different ancestors different different genetics different stories exactly so it all adds up and then came nirvana it's so interesting that you say that because there's a book that I've been meaning to read. Um, it's called It Didn't Start With You. Mm. And basically the gist of the book is that traumas and things don't just exist in isolation, that it very likely didn't start with you. It probably came from your ancestors as well, whether it was your parents. Yeah. You know, also coming from a Somali background, I've had discussions with relatives or people that I know who've said they went through particularly traumatic experiences in the war. And then there are childhood racism, traumas. Yeah. Exactly. Racism, Islamophobia, all of these different things, institutional racism which then trickles down into traumas placed onto the children and the children themselves have traumas and then on top of that the children that they have have traumas so it's generational traumas that we really need to work on and kind of nip in the bud as best as we can really and address that there's actually a thing in homeopathic medicine called myosins and it's a manifestation of trauma in uh, as a disease or an illness so as an example um there were cases where they looked at studies where people's grandparents or like great great whatever ancestral people would have uh, family members would have gone through like the holocaust and now they are the family is suffering from a lot of anorexia um because in the holocaust they might have died of starvation so it's yeah really like looking i know this for some people this is very far-fetched this conversation and it doesn't make sense some people they don't agree with it or they don't believe in it and that's fine but it's it's still one side of a story generational trauma can be passed down and manifest much later on absolutely god forbid but like our kids our kids kids yeah and i don't believe that the things that we go through today just end with us no like your parents treat you the way they do and your parents raise you the way they did because of how they were raised and how they saw things or perhaps they thought okay i was raised like this i therefore don't want to raise my children 
in that way. Um, the certain attitudes that they have towards people or things or life or that basically stands to exist because of what they've been through. And they pass that on to you. You then live your experiences, you develop and you grow. You've probably been through a traumatic experience or two, which then informs how you work with people. It's so interesting when you think about that because, I again, things do not exist in isolation. So therefore, why can't we then deduce the fact that it's going to impact our health yeah. as well? I know, and it, like, absolutely. And I feel like I don't want anyone to feel like this is a dismal topic and it's quite depressing because oh my god all the stuff we have to deal with and stuff we don't even know that we have to deal with that's in us but what we're so blessed with in this day and age is information and i really feel like this is the age that we're all in to break um these trauma patterns and to kind of look at our parents lives and how they lived and not really be a victim of it as much as possible and educate ourselves yeah. to rise above that and we have the power to do that. It's not easy. We have so many layers and we're so complex. We could be spending our whole lives healing from something. And that's fine. But the point, the main thing is that we are trying and we are working through stuff and we're acknowledging it because the more we shove it under the rug, it's going to then keep manifesting into something else. And, yeah. You know, so yeah. So how can we live a life then that's as well as possible? How can we live a life where we know our traumas we're able to recognize them we're able to unwrite them we're able to then mm. raise our children in a way that is as fruitful as possible live the, our healthiest lives and you know i mean you probably don't know all the answers but at least in your experience how can we live as fruitful a life as possible damn what a question <laughs> <laughs> i what know i've put all the world's responsibility onto you yeah. so the listeners I mean, are listening to this and expecting i hope you're taking notes <laughs> um I ask myself this every freaking day. I mean, I think the best thing to do is be present. And to be present is to really look at all the stories that we make in our heads. I think we spend a lot of time living in like some weird fantasy. We imagine a lot of things um, and we make stories out of everything. Yeah. And we make meanings out of everything. Um, so really like try and be present and kind of, I think we also want to keep adding things to ourselves to do better, but sometimes chipping away at shit to get to the really like the authentic, juicy stuff that's mm. real is is great. And I think doing that work and being present um, is amazing. And to me, I have the like for me, I've discovered the best medicine is life to get me there. Even if I have five seconds in a day where I am present, to me that is great because I spend. I'm a human being. We all are. We have an ego. We have a chattery mind. We're always trying to survive. So even if I can practice doing five seconds and then five minutes and then it can lead up to more time. Yeah. Um, is successful to me. And I do that using my breath. So breath work for me is really important. Breath work. So, okay. you know, I'm not into this whole baloney maloney of meditation um, in the way that we've been taught it because um and i don't want to like disrespect anyone um in that in, in a sense by saying that but i feel like we're not living like monks were back in the day where we can go and sit on a mountain we're living in london so how can we meditate in this way yeah in the lifestyle of a city that works for us yeah and maybe that might be i don't know spending half an hour painting a day i don't know whatever it looks like we have to kind of adapt the concept of that 
and do it in a modern day light in our modern day life yeah we don't have access to the himalayas we have to be realistic with what we've got going on yeah and have a pragmatic approach to the yeah, environment that we're in absolutely so for me like i wake up and i do my breath work and it it's really good for alkalizing the body it's good for bringing stuff up it sometimes i do it with in like ice cold water or like i'll have a cold shower because it puts my body into survival mode and it makes me focus um and it brings out like the whole animalistic side yeah where you're just really focused on your your surviving yeah. breathing in the moment so that's one way that's quite extreme i do kundalini yoga yes which I love. and i've been to a lot of kundalini yoga classes with you and i've loved them it they're was so great fun. i yeah. love i love it for some people it's a bit you know like the chanting and stuff yeah if you could go past that just like the energy you get after doing it is amazing but whatever works you know whatever works this is just my personal you know but i try i just try to be as present as i can and some days i literally i have the worst days I, like it happens yeah just like everyone else would you know and i mean I, I, I guess we all know the answers to how to live a good life but then if things come in the way that's when we need it most if things come in our way like a bad event in our lives someone's pissed us off something's happened you've broken up with a boyfriend or you're getting a divorce or you've lost your job or you're going through work stress that's when you need these tools the most you know that kind of brings me back to something we spoke about the other day do you remember how i was having quite a bad day and i, <laughs> I was saying i was to you. you were so <laughs> emotional as well. I remember. I was, I was saying to you that I'm. I've had enough of posit toxic positivity or positive toxicity. Pos or yeah, toxic positivity. Yes. Yeah, and I was so angry and I was so annoyed. I was like, I just want to be heard and I just want to be like understood. I don't want advice from anyone. And I feel like everyone was trying to tell me, like this, give me self care tools and tips and shit and i i didn't want to hear any of that in the moment <laughs> i was like I, don't, I just want someone to listen and yeah that's all i need right now we live in a culture now on social media that you know it's all like no bad energy like bad energy so far away good vibes only good vibes only and you know all this malarkey and i think sometimes our most powerful moments is when we are absolutely like vulnerable yeah and we're raw with 100%. how we feel and we can just be with it yeah and we can acknowledge it and ride it out and like sit with it yeah. rather than quickly masking it with some bullshit like quote you know self-care quote it doesn't work like that sometimes exactly and you know as much as i'm one for self-care and being positive and reading affirmations and things like that that never works for me if I'm so bad to the point where I just need to actually sit in my feelings and actually acknowledge how I feel and really let that fully sink in and then it for it to just naturally t transition no amount of affirmations no amount of positive thinking will help me unless I actually sit with my feelings mm -hmm. that's the only way sometimes that can be the only way but that is so powerful because we spend our whole lives distracting ourselves yeah and using other stimulants around us to deflect how we really feel yeah you like know? you said and stimulants like people will turn to drink people will turn to other ways of being able to hide Social from it media. including exactly including Dopamine toxic positivity posting shit for no reason yeah. i don't know like you know being addicted to this routine of always like having stories on your instagram and showing something i've been there you know it does take something to kind of step out of that and just be in the moment with the suck we could all do ourselves a huge justice by just being present you said earlier it's about being present right you need to be present i feel like crap today 
let me actually embrace that and just sit down with it and accept it and actually acknowledge it and think okay this sadness this grief that i'm feeling is here yeah. how can i best how can i best look after myself then absolutely so going from being present to the present year 2020 2020 is when we gave birth to our baby dish your herbs oh my god yes so yeah. we <laughs> i've not really talked about it much on the podcast actually but yeah so for okay. those listening Dish Your Herbs is a platform that Nirvana and I created. We actually came up with the idea a long time ago and we finally birthed it in February this year. And the idea is that we wanted to merge Nirvana's expertise and being a herbalist and a functional practitioner with my love of cooking and hers. And we love cooking. We've always cooked for each other for years. I always love going to her house and she throws these elaborate dinners. <laughs> I love cooking, you know. I am so Iranian. That's what we do. Hospitality. Iranian hospitality is on point, by the way. Thank you. What we wanted basically was to show people that we can merge functional medicine, medicinal plants, medicinal herbs with everyday cooking so that people can kind of have this approach where I don't have to take multiple pills and tinctures throughout my day just to be healthy. These are small steps that I can incorporate to live a healthier life, you know, and to just educate people on the power of plants. It's probably one of the best things we've ever done together. I'm proud of it. You know, like forget it just being on social media and, you know, obviously we have we, we have a goal and we have, you know, we're on a mission. Um, just as a learning curve. Yeah. I've loved watching you learn about these herbs. My girl went foraging without me. I did. <laughs> so I went foraging for rose hips in my local park. And I love rose hip. Rose hip contains about 20 to 40 times, I think, Ten. more than oranges and carrots. So it's a really potent See? source of vitamin C. I know that because Nirvana taught me. No, <laughs> but what's amazing own it, own is... It, own it. Everything that we need for the season, so whether it's the flu season, we've also got coronavirus lurking around in the air right now as well. So there are herbs and medicines and plants and things that we can take to help build our immune system, to also help build our defences for the season that we're in. It's It's been really, really interesting because I obviously I'm learning so much as well. I mean, I love cooking. And I love being a host, but I'm just not one. I don't really have the patience and the time to like cook for Instagram. Whereas I think you're great at that. <laughs> <laughs> I so yesterday I basically made a shiitake mushroom pot pie, and shiitake mushrooms are medicinal. They're great for the immune system. They're rich in magnesium, vitamin B5, vitamin D. Great for the adrenal glands, like you said. Mm -hmm. So it's an amazing mushroom to have. And I was basically doing a step-by-step. -step. I also love the process of recording, editing, cooking the foods. We also made these medicinal pumpkin pies as well. So they were kind of infused with medicinal mushrooms. We've done things like yeah. CBD chocolate. So we've also made like lemon balm gnocchi. Yeah, we've made the lemon balm So gnocchi. we've done that loads really of cool. things that have had... Oh my God, that was so aromatic. The lemon balm was yeah. gorgeous. You know, like <laughs> smoothies that I've incorporated with like lavender tea. Ashwagandha, so loads of things, exactly. Maca, yeah. Chamomile done. porridge. Yeah, we made chamomile cookies, porridge. Yeah. It's been really fun. And also and 2020 was the year that it was a perfect year to have done it, I think. And we've also done like talks and workshops. We also taught people how to make an elderberry and echinacea syrup to build their defenses again. 2020 was the best year to have done it, despite the year having gone belly up for most of us. I don't think it could have happened any other way aside from this. And so, no, I'm really proud of us yeah. for doing this. We have so exciting. We have such a clear vision of where we want it to go how we're going to get there I, I don't really know exactly just now but we're doing one bit at a time every day and I think you know 
to to really make herbal medicine accessible for people is um, it's incredible. Yeah. Because I think we can talk about herbs all day long. Or I could do it as a practitioner. I could sit there. But to really get people in London town to connect to herbal medicine and ancient ways of living and yeah. learn where to even get them from is super, super exciting. It is. You know, you're not as close to nature as someone from outside of London would be. So you're basically going to the supermarket you're buying chicken you're buying fish you're buying meat you're buying buying vegetables there's not much thought into the process of how it finally came to the supermarket you know there's that that consciousness of the food that mindfulness of your food is lost you know you're not really thinking of the no. food and the chain and the people that made it the people that picked the vegetables mm. that you're having the people that washed it and cleaned it for you or the people that transported it so i think living in london can be quite isolating yeah. in that sense mm. so we definitely want to educate. We definitely want to share. We definitely want to build a community yeah, of like-minded people as well. I love how it's really just quite authentic. You know, we're just two London girls. Yeah. You're from North Easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, refined Hafsa can go back to her, her Northwest London ways very quickly. You know, Nirvana so brings that out of me. elegant ways, yeah. <laughs> Nirvana will bring that right out of me. I mean, Nirvana and I have grown up. We've known each other since we were like 11 or 12 years old. We went to secondary school together. So there are a lot of memories and lots of crazy moments, lots of good times, but definitely lots of crazy moments, definitely lots of stupid times as well. Like just being young. <laughs> I'm an evolved, refined woman now. What are you talking about? You are, you are so elegant and so mature. Well, Nirvana, what is your favorite memory of me actually? Oh my God. I have Let me put so you on the spot. <laughs> oh my God. I have, so okay. I, well, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's definitely a highlight of my like, Secondary it has life. to be very um it has to be quite pg by the way oh my god in that case screw it no isn't that bad <laughs> okay all right fine we'll we'll end it there well, i'll just say do you remember when we parked school and went to camden market um then we'll end it there guys <laughs> Nirvana, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing having you. Seriously, it was such no, a cool chat, but no we've ended it there for the sake of my reputation. So, <laughs> I'm joking, it wasn't that bad. It was really freaking funny. Nirvana, tell us where we can find you at. Nirvana. That me off that much. You have thrown me off. Anyway. So tell me, so, where can we find you on socials, Nirvana? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm not really tech savvy. I tell everyone this, but I'm getting there. You're getting um, there? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Instagram is the only way at the moment. And it's Nirvana underscore Herbalist. Yeah. Obviously, you can go to Vajayshaws and it's just Vajayshaws. Or you can find us both on Dish Your Herbs. Dish Your Herbs, yeah. And that's it. Thank you, Nirvana. Thank you so much for joining me today. Honestly, I'm glad that you can listen in on a snippet of Nirvana and I's magic. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Sweetest. So thank you guys for listening. I'm so lucky to have you. Oh, I'm lucky to have you too, no, Nirvana. I'm lucky to have you. Oh, oh, Nirvana, I love you. I love you. Oh, this is def definitely a very different podcast today. Honestly, it's a very different type of episode. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe and rate and review wherever you listen, whether that's on Spotify or Apple. And also, if you have anything to say about the podcast, don't hesitate to tweet me or DM me. Thank you so much. Take care and stay safe. Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.